Welcome to the Overcomers Unite podcast, where we believe that struggling well and overcoming are essential ingredients in your leadership journey. We share leaders' stories of overcoming to encourage and inspire you to keep pressing on. I'm your host, Grace Esther. Today, I am excited for you to meet Winston Folks Jr. He has a beautiful heart and a powerful story that will encourage you. I'm asking you to open your heart to listen, to hear what he has to say. Without further ado, here is Winston's story. Welcome to Overcomers Unite. Today, I have the honor of introducing to my good friend, Winston. Winston is a man who's after God's heart and seeks truth and justice, and I'm really excited for you all to meet him. Uh, let's welcome Winston. Hi, uh, can you share? Hello, hello, thanks for having me. Yeah, can you just share a little bit about yourself, your background? I guess, I mean, you could share how we know each other. I didn't actually share that, like what you do for work, just a little bit of that stuff. Mm-hmm, sure, yeah, so I am a occupational therapist um, all the way from Pennsylvania. And traveling from there to California, met Grace through Radiant Church. And I I guess a little bit about myself. Um, Yeah, I I mean, outside of of work, um, try to be as active as I can be in local church and grew up playing a lot of sports. So I guess that's a lot of my background. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So good. And what was your sport that you played? Main sport. Um, so in high school, main sport or just sport that I played? You can you can, you can list out all the sports because you're not just a one sport person. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll just skip to I guess most recent history. Um, in college, I played basketball four years, um, Division two collegiate level, and I played or ran track for two years or three yes. years. Right, yeah. So good, I love that as a former athlete as well. So as we kind of like dive into your story right now, was there a time in your life where you felt um, disoriented? This isn't how it's supposed to be. Uh, Kind of in regards to people treating you differently or seeing you differently. And what were the circumstances kind of surrounding that? Yeah, so I, I guess the most um, maybe noticeable time where that was where I kind of felt like things were just in a disarray or something like that would probably be when I was actually in graduate school. Um, and not necessarily to say that any one person or any people did anything wrong to me specifically because I've had my own share of encounters of um, whether it be with like law enforcement or, or just um, any type of superior. Um, I've had my interactions with them where I felt uncomfortable with how it went and, and just kind of sat there and reflect on it and said to myself, you know, I'm not really sure why that went the way it did. But in grad school, it was more so of my surroundings. Um, so I, I, it's probably safe to say now without even realizing with my 
my race and how I, and how I identify as a black man, I usually put myself in like a self-preservation mode. Mm. Um, and, and by that, I kind of try to keep myself in safe environments, right? So by the time I got to grad school, it was very different because I had already made a commitment to my career path to be an occupational therapist. And by the time I got to the graduate level of my education, um, all of my peers were actually, for the most part, white women. And I, you know, love them all dearly. Um, You know, very good experiences just being classmates to them and very, um, not really bad experiences with any one person, but it, it was more so of a fact of just like, being continuously different in an environment that you can't get out of because I had to go to school every day to to graduate um so just kind of like being in that I guess I kind of felt I don't know just on display all the time yeah just kind of puts you a little bit of an uneasy position but yeah yeah did it kind of feel like you always had to be um on or kind of or was it kind of like a different feeling mm-hmm. yeah I, I definitely say I was always very conscious or aware about how I presented um, and that takes time to get used to right because you never necessarily want to change um, but sometimes you might find yourself in a position of maybe like diluting your personality, so to speak. Um, And whether it just be like simple things in terms of just trying to relate to somebody on a simple aspect of like, oh, like, you know, my family does this. And it's like, oh, well, what is that? You know, sometimes you don't have like even the energy to kind of like explain everything or you don't really feel like you should be in a position to um, not be with people that don't really understand where you're coming from. You know, you just feel like, like, you know, why, why don't these people understand these things? But um, that kind of puts you in a position of kind of just not getting to that point, um, which then comes off as probably, I guess, being on or, or trying to just present yourself um, not different, but um, I guess with just, safeness so to speak where there's less area for kind of like um whether it be like serious or trivial disagreement whatever it may be yeah yeah and I feel like that could be kind of uh exhausting Mm -hmm. over time to continue to be showing up in that way so Mm -hmm. out of kind of maybe that experience or maybe another experience was there in your life, a particular large pain point that people's comments or certain things could kind of like little comments might reopen up might've been just out of ignorance or insensitivity or just kind of uh, micro comments, like small comments that might be reopening a large wound or saying something maybe even out of jest that, um, is reopening something that's actually like really insensitive was have you experienced that um and what was like what were the circumstances kind of surrounding that 
Right. I, I think um, the most, I don't want to say the most insensitive thing I've heard, but I, going back to the self-preservation, right? I feel like with the awareness of knowing that I was obviously different and like in some ways maybe considered an outcast just because of me being a black male in a predominant white female um, profession. Um, so in my graduate portion, it was like, I would probably sometimes um, not open up to a certain level, right? Or find myself not um, socializing um, to give opportunity for things like that to happen because there's been definite circumstances and situations where um, I've experienced kind of like um, very obvious prejudice and it doesn't bring up a lot of pain per se, but it, it, it does bring up a point of just like sheer frustration. Mm -hmm. um, and from experiencing that a certain number of times, then I put myself into this um, way of being, which is, you know what, I'm not even really going to give you the chance to even get to that point. So then I'll show you this much of me. Wow. Yeah. You know, to not really give for an opportunity for all of that to happen. And it's like, sometimes, um, it's best because like we we're saying before with that energy piece like you don't have I don't have all the energy in the world to really go through those experiences over and over and over again especially when I'm in a setting that's very goal-driven whether it be like you know whether I'm at work or whether I'm in school because it's like you know I'm, I'm here to just do this um, so I probably actually supplemented a lot of that by being around a lot of people like me right so mm -hmm. when I was in grad school I still played sports. Yeah. So I think that's why in my case, it was fairly easy for me to kind of be more, I guess, in the background in that setting um, because I had opportunities to outlet. I had opportunities to be around people who understood me better. Yeah. 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 That's so good. And I think that having that, space is so good for your soul because like having those people that you can relate to because I feel like just being in a place um where there's not an ability to like just be who you are could be really exhausting um over a long period of time yeah. so kind of either in uh grad school or another time in your life just in the midst of like your largest breakdown or during this time, how did you care for your mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health? Like how did you um, create space to care for that amidst everything that was going on? Yeah. Um, my biggest breakdown, so to speak, was probably one experience. Um, it was, a situation that I had with law enforcement. Um, long story short, don't want to get into too much detail there, but um police officer had approached me and he had his hand on his weapon as he approached me. And I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts 
Wow. Like not even like a backpack, you know, not even like sweatpants, you know, like if anything were to be concealed, it, it'd be shown because I was wearing a t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. Um, so that was probably the one instance where I was actually like, no, this is, this is traumatic. Like, this is yeah. terrifying because I've seen that situation go left so many times. Yeah. Um, so that was probably my biggest, you know, experience as far as around race. But I, I think in terms of like me being in grad school or even me working now, um, I really try to do two main things. Um, the one or the first thing is probably just really fall back on a network of people that I've been in communication with, that I've built relationships with over the years yeah. that understand even this pressure point of like I can't really talk to this person about it you know the person who offended me right yeah. in the one scenario of the cop right I can't I can't talk to him and sit him down and say like hey you know you shouldn't have done that like, I, I can't do that right? <laughs> that right so it's like having opportunity to fall back on those people that I that I trust that I love right and um, just going through with them processing with them sharing my emotions on the situation with them you know it, it's funny because sometimes like when people talk about like oh what do I do what do I do with all these like emotion tense heavy situations it's like talking is so much you know as long as it's with someone that you really trust or you know someone that you just know can relate to exactly what you're going through um, yeah. talking to so so much yeah and and just kind of pressing into my faith for sure because once I recognize and it's so funny because it kind of pacifies me once I recognize that yeah we live in a broken sinful world anything that happens to me um for bad or for or for worse it's like it, it almost sounds kind of cynical but it's like to a point not to say that I deserve it but it's like it it pulls me away from that how could this happen to me mm -hmm. because it's more so like no bad things happen to everybody because nobody is mm -hmm. able to live without sin right or without guilt so it's like from that point of view it's like not saying that oh yeah I deserved for that cop to treat me that way because I'll never say that yeah. but it at least helps me sit with a little bit better and just say to myself like yeah this world is broken mm. you know and and even if that situation goes horribly wrong I can still hold on to my faith right whereas if I don't have that I need to find some type of perfect resolution to it which would be I don't know and how to get that to happen I would need so much, like there would be so many steps and obstacles and hoops to actually get into that because specifically going to that point um police officers probably always get um i guess complaints filed against them right wow. so not to say that it's in vain but it's like maybe even because nothing happened you know i didn't get arrested i didn't get shot at nothing like that happened but that emotional trauma is still going to sit with me yeah. So the next time I am in contact with law enforcement, like, I get nervous, yeah. you know? So given that nothing legally happened, nothing legally can happen to that officer, Yeah. you know? 
but it's like I can still hold on to my faith and just say, you know what, God, it's okay. I have my life. I have this. I have this. I have these people who love me. I have a God that loves you know, like it's just an opportunity to just let it go. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so good because I feel like you're right. Like in life, um, things happen and being able to fall back on God's presence and God being good. I feel like that's so encouraging and allowing for that to reorient your spirit. Um, I feel like that's really in encouraging. Mm -hmm. So if someone like right now, there's a lot going on with Corona and with everything in our country with riots, what, if someone is dealing with, um, mental, emotional, like spiritual health, what kind of advice would you give them? I mean, I feel like you just shared your heart about what you do, but what kind of encouragement, um, might you say to them? Yeah, I I definitely want to say, pay attention to what you're feeling. Because for what it's worth, sometimes when we don't have an immediate solution, um, people tend to try to suppress things. Mm -hmm. And like anything else, if you push things, you know, lower, if you try to fit, let's say you try to fit, um, I don't know, tissues into a tissue box right like you crumple them all up at some point the box is going to overflow yeah right so i mean i i think with anything else if you just try to push stuff down and not give it the time that it deserves it's going to come up right so someone may not be an outburst type of person but coming up could be losing interest in something that you love you you know like it could just come up in so many different ways so by being able to actually identify those feelings that you're getting frustrated with um name them the best you can yeah and then like i mentioned before you know starting with talking with somebody that you're you're comfortable with um if you don't have anybody to talk to um you know you can definitely write yeah. That's definitely something that's real good for those introverted people that don't like to share. You know, you can yeah. definitely write, you know, and um if you're if you're a believer, definitely pray, you know, put it in a prayer. That's like the one thing I think for certain that people don't utilize too often because as people we look for the immediate response like I'm going through this it needs to be fixed now and like prayers don't work like a vending machine yeah you know so it's like to be able to sit with that you know it teaches patience too and and with any type of injustice or disagreement or you know strife or anything there's gonna it's gonna need some patience to resolve so Mm -hmm. even if all you do is pray you know, that patience is going to go a long ways for you in the long run. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. I, I, I receive that. That's really good. So if people right now, they're kind of becoming aware of all of these different things, what type of books, podcasts, um, 
different people that you follow that you feel like it would be valuable for them to follow? How, like what kind of resources would you suggest? Yeah, that's, um, that's good. I think it, in terms of like history um, and, and certain things have been starting to recirculate, but um, there's two things on Netflix that I, that I really think are super insightful. Um, when They See Us, which is about the Central Park Five story, um, that's really insightful because it, it's something about seeing injustice in a cinematic way. Mm. And in this story, the victims were children and everybody empathizes with children, yeah. right? Yeah. So because it's children, it's so much easier to see like, yo, that's jacked up. you know it's so much easier to see that um so that's that's a good one and I'm not going to give any spoilers um and then (laughs) the um 13th uh that's a really good one too on Netflix I'm I'm, I don't know if you've heard of it but again it's um really insightful and and just talking about kind of the long history of of like underlying racial issues that are in the country yeah um, and and it's real cool because they do a lot of like graphics in the in the documentary and it's like really easy to follow and they have like some very um notable people that kind of like chime in and, and give their two cents and their experience and what they've seen so that's a good one um and it's free right now then, yeah exactly and then um, on Instagram, um, I follow this um, pastor in Philadelphia, Eric Mason. He has books out, you know, he's really active on Instagram, which is good. Um, so, you know, he'll speak on it a lot, um, just kind of the different racial things. And then um, I'm a big fan of Jackie Hill Perry. Yes. She, right now, because of the, I guess, the, how sensitive the times are. She's been real present in terms of everything going on with racial injustice and whatnot. But um, she's just a good resource, you know, for any type of spiritual food, to be honest. Like, mm-hmm. she's, one of, she's one of my favorite people. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, those are all great. And all... Um, for everyone listening, I'll have those resources in the show notes. So you'll be able to click on links to get to those places. Winston, thank you for sharing with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to ask you, you can totally say no to this yeah. um, and I can cut it out, but would you, <laughs> um, <laughs> would you pray for just our listeners, our nation um, and just close us that way? Uh, yeah, sure. You, you blindsided me with that one. I didn't. I, I wasn't expecting. I didn't. Um, I didn't plan it. You. No, no. We. We. I'll pray. I'll pray. I'll pray. I'll pray. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, Lord and Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the time that I that I have right now with Grace to just talk about my story and and for all those viewers and subscribers, I should say, that are listening right now, Lord, I just pray that you um bless their ears, Lord, and, and just bless their days as well. Um, I pray that whatever has just been said, that they receive well, Lord, and that it sparks a point of interest and a point of just, hmm, you know, a, a point of just kind of wanting to press deeper, Lord, because 
you call all of your children to love one another, Lord. So whether it be black, white, orange, blue, yellow, green, whatever the color is, Lord Father, you call us to love on each other. And it starts with conversation and it starts with um, a personal conviction of, of wanting to know more and of wanting to do right, not only by you, Lord God, um, but wanting to do right by our brothers and sisters, Lord. So I just thank you for this time. And um, I pray over grace, Lord. I just thank you for her platform. And um, in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. I want to encourage you to check out the resources Winston has suggested. There are links to all the resources he mentioned in the show notes. Finally, I would like to invite you into a blessing. I'm going to invite you to open your hands in a posture of letting go and receiving. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. May you receive peace and joy today. Until next time, bye.